You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today we're joined by Jordan Younger, a 23-year-old health and lifestyle blogger living in Los Angeles. When she isn't writing about health on the Balanced Blonde, you'll find her on the yoga mat, in the kitchen, hiking the Malibu Canyons, and overseeing her clothing line, TBV Apparel. She's currently working on a book and an app that are focused on the principles of leading a balanced, healthy lifestyle. One of the very unique things about Jordan and why I specifically wanted to have her on the show is that she's had to change her mindset and perspective towards food for the sake of both her mind and body. Unlike most of us, she's had to do this in the spotlight, being scrutinized by countless diehard vegan readers of her blog, but yet she still stuck with her gut and chased after physical and mental satiation. Today we have the pleasure to hear from her firsthand what this transition has been like and how we too can follow our heart regardless of what other people think. So welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all of this with you. Yeah, me too. You know, I've got to say that I am like really, really, really impressed with you. Just everything you do and what you stand for and the fact that you've you're 23 years old and you're already working on an app and like you have a clothing line and your blog is like huge and you've gone through so just so much and you've learned all these lessons that I feel like so many people wish they learned at at our age. Well, thank you so much. It's crazy to me looking back because I only started the blog a little over a year ago and it grew really quickly. Um, veganism my whole entire life because of that because I had the vegan food blog and um, yeah that also led to a whole lot of things both good and bad and now I'm just happy that uh, that I've been able to make the changes and keep the blog and continue doing this full-time because this is definitely what I love to do and I feel very lucky to be doing it yeah, that's really important when you start something with love and, you know, sometimes it can kind of end up not as, you know, the purpose kind of changes and it becomes less fun and less rewarding when you become, you know, too, I mean, you're really well known, you know, and like people hold you to this standard that they don't hold to other people. Like it's crazy how people are vegan one day and then they decide not to be vegan and no one cares. But then someone who like writes recipes, all of a sudden you're not allowed to like change and people get upset. Yeah. That's been one of the most interesting things through all of this is the judgment from people who don't believe that you can change if you just, if you have a public platform like I do and you also do with your blog and your podcast. And so If you decide to change your views one day, people get really upset and they think that you have to stay this particular way, which is something that I think is really detrimental to both our minds and our bodies because you should be able to grow and evolve as you change and as you grow older and as you learn new things. And of course, your body is going to change and your preferences are going to change. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with changing your diet and changing it often and seeing what works for you. But of course, I didn't realize that a year and a half ago when 
I started a vegan blog and called myself the blonde vegan online, which is really pigeonholing myself. So Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about that. And just the fact that I don't think diets should be labeled. I, I really don't think that we have to put ourselves into a box that way. If you're healthy, you're healthy. And healthy doesn't just mean eating plant-based and eating the cleanest diet possible. Healthy means being happy and being well-rounded and fulfilled and having dessert when you feel like it because you're satisfying yourself. Just like you said, you're satiating your mind and your body and your cravings and you find your own health. Health doesn't just mean juice cleansing on vegetable green juices all the time because I was totally stuck in that mindset for a long time where I thought if I wasn't doing a 10-day juice cleanse, then I was failing. So I did them all the time. I was on juice cleanses more often than I was eating solid food and I was making myself really sick. Yeah, it's so crazy how our culture is kind of becoming more, it's like as as a whole, as we become more conscious about health, we also become more obsessed with diets. It's like we can't just all as a whole get really excited about being healthy. We all have to pick a side and it becomes like part of you. And, you know, if you're on, if, if someone's on your team, then you're automatically like the best of friends. And if someone's not on your team, then you feel like you have to stick up for what you, be- you believe in because you automatically kind of assume that they're going to um, make you feel like you have to defend yourself, which is not the way it needs to be. And we're kind of just like using food as a couple different things one of them to feel like we're a part of a club and like another yeah. thing is kind of like controlling our emotions it's like sometimes not for everyone of course but for some people when other things start to get out of control it's like well at least i have this that will never change because i am in control of this you know i am a vegan and like these are my my boundaries and my lines and as long as i do this then i'm a part of this club i can keep my weight in check you know i can look the way i want to look and all of these things and we forget that it all started with wanting to feel good and to live a long life and to have you know good blood levels and all of those like scientific health actual health things we forget about that yeah exactly and i was very very caught up in that feeling that if i let go of my veganism i didn't know what was going to happen and i didn't know what i was going to label my diet and how i was going to maintain that control And so when I first started reincorporating a couple different foods back into my diet, which in the beginning were eggs and fish, I was pretty much terrified. And I just wanted to say I'm still vegan plus fish and eggs because I wanted to be able to have something concrete to hold on to and to tell people these are the guidelines that I follow and this is what I still am. If I go to a restaurant and I tell someone, I'm vegan. It just it makes me feel more comfortable than just saying, "Oh, I would prefer not to have butter on that or oil or all these things." That it was easier if I had a diet, a label that I could push it off to. But now I realize it's just not necessary, and it's not always being part of a club is not what is really cracked up to be. It can be. Um, there's a lot of judgment there and a lot of expectation that definitely cause a whole lot of anxiety and um, that's definitely what was happening to me and I didn't even realize it. So how did you get started with veganism in the first place? I started veganism when I was uh, 21. I was in my senior year of college 
And I, um, I had a very sensitive stomach my whole life. So I grew up with a severely sensitive stomach and was always having to avoid certain foods and um, be really careful about what I put into my body. So I tried this plant-based cleanse, which was a five-day fruit and vegetable cleanse where you just eat fruits, vegetables, and nuts for a five-day period. And I felt incredible. And I really wasn't trying this for any reason other than it was the new year and I thought it was a really good way to ring in the new year and detox my body and lose a couple pounds. I, I wasn't planning on continuing it, but I ended up feeling so fantastic on that cleanse that I decided I was never going to stop and that I wasn't going to go back to my old way of eating, which was which was also a very healthy way of eating, but I was eating things that were still bothering my stomach. So I was still eating dairy and a little bit of wheat here and there, and I was eating chicken and fish at that time. So I just decided, wow, if I feel this good eating this plant-based diet, why would I ever add things back into it? I'm going to cleanse forever. So that was what I did, and I added in grains and legumes. So I was eating some quinoa and I was eating beans and lentils. On top of that, uh, occasionally I would eat tofu and tempeh, but I really didn't eat a whole lot of soy products or anything that wasn't completely plant-based from the earth. And it worked for me for several months. I felt really good. I had tons of energy and my skin was great and I wasn't having the stomach problems and I lost a lot of weight. I lost probably like almost 20 pounds, which was a lot because I'm barely 5'4 and I didn't have a whole lot of weight to lose to begin with. So I lost a lot of weight. And of course, that was something that I was holding on to as well. And I was going through a really rough breakup at the time. So I really liked the fact that I lost all this weight and I made this lifestyle change and I was eating so healthy and I wasn't drinking alcohol anymore and I just felt like I had really taken control of my life in a very serious way. And in the beginning, I think that there was something very healthy about that because I made a huge transition. I did something for myself that was totally independent and totally different from what anyone else I knew was doing. And I learned about it all on my own. I did a ton of research and I got really involved in vegan communities and I made a lot of new friends and there were some really positive aspects there and it really did help me get through my breakup, not just because of the whole controlling aspect, which turned out to be negative in the long run, but because I was doing something for myself and I wasn't afraid to do something that was different and that a lot of people didn't understand and that did kind of set me apart from a lot of my close friends and my family. Um, so it forced me to, to really be one with myself and get to know myself on a deeper level and see that, wow, I'm capable of learning about a completely new diet and kind of doing this all on my own and, um, found a passion for cooking. I had never really been big in the kitchen before I went vegan, but I found a major passion for creating recipes and, making them look really pretty on the plate and taking tons of photos. And it just opened up this whole new gateway for me of something that I had always loved, which was health, but doing it in, in a different way, in a really, uh, really specific way. And looking back, I, I do 
wish that I would have never been so quick to label myself vegan, but I realized right away when I was eating in this plant-based way, I'm vegan. This is going to be the easiest way to clarify that. I'll, I'll say that I'm vegan. I'll identify with being vegan because I guess that's what I am now. And, and I, so I kind of jumped into it that way and then learned a lot more about it. But if I had never done that, I could have I could have been living that really healthy, mainly plant-based lifestyle, but I, I wouldn't have had to be so rigid about it. I could have had some seafood when I was in Hawaii with my family, for example, and um, I could have tried eggs when I was feeling like I needed some more protein. I could have had things that I was craving instead of forcing another green smoothie down my throat kind of thing, but... I was I was so deep into it that I never considered doing that. So that's kind of the beginning of my vegan journey. And then um, I got a lot more controlling with myself as my veganism went on. And um, I saw that there were certain things I could do in order to really eat a minimal amount of food, which wasn't good because if you're eating a plant-based diet, you have to know how much nutrients you have to take in in order in order to be balanced and in order to keep your health. And I, I wasn't really doing that. So I was really neglecting the amount of protein that I needed to get and the amount of calories. And I was just having these small meals, these really small plant-based meals, and um, was just really serious about that. My life began to revolve around preparing my food planning what I was going to make for the week and um, photographing it and writing all about it on the blog and um, making things for other people and developing these cleanse programs and leading cleanse programs and participating in other cleanse programs and working with different healthy restaurants in the New York area to promote them on the blog, mainly by doing their juice cleanses. So that's when veganism really became my whole life rather than just something that I was doing and some the, a way that I was eating, it actually became absolutely everything to me. And I was in graduate school at the time for creative writing. And then I ended up leaving the graduate school program to pursue the blog full time, which is something that I'm still very happy that I did. But that just gave me another excuse to dive into it even further and to surround myself with all things vegan and research it all day long, try every single type of veganism under the sun, including the 80-10-10 diet. I don't know if you've heard of that, but mm -hmm. it's um, where you get 80% of your calories in the day from fruit, 10% from protein, and 10% from fat, so nuts and seeds. And it's a raw vegan diet for the most part. Um, so I was doing that for a while mainly living off of fruit and a very small amount of raw vegetables. And at this point, I think my body was getting really out of balance. My hormones were really out of balance. My skin was getting bad. Uh, I didn't have the type of energy that I normally have, and I'm very active. So it was hard for me because I just I didn't have it in me to do the workouts that I love. And I teach yoga, and yoga is one of my favorite parts of my whole day and I didn't have really the energy to do the rigorous yoga classes that I that I love doing and um yeah things started to kind of spiral downward at that point and that was a, about a little more than a year into my veganism 
Wow, that's a lot packed into one year. <laughs> that's so awesome that you can actually listen to your body, though. Like, going back all the way a year ago when you were able to be like, um, you know, this isn't making my stomach feel good. I should probably change my diet. So good on you for that initial move because a lot of people immediately just think that they need to go to the doctor and get some kind of medication or something like some kind of pill or something. So, I mean, fixing what, how your body feels is a kind of like new idea. Like it's been invented in the past few years. So being like 21 years old and making that decision is like really mature. So that's really awesome. But um, it's really funny that like I, I know everything you're saying because I actually was a vegetarian um, for three years and I was a vegan for about five, four months. Well, I say vegan. I mean, I definitely had ice cream like once a month, <laughs> but, you know, like I was, yeah, I was, well, there's the whole labeling thing. It's, but you were mainly vegan. That makes sense. Exactly. But like, there was no, like, there was no way I would, I would admit that I was not vegan. And like when I was vegetarian, there was no, like my mom and my dad were just like, you know, why don't you have just a little bit of, of meat? Cause they know I love beef. And like, I never let myself have anything. I, I actually did it for ethical reasons, though. I just was really, mm -hmm. I, like, against the slaughterhouses and everything, that industry. My, right. mom, my mom would always be like, okay, well, why don't you just go buy some, like, grass-fed or, like, humanely raised this or that? And I would just be like, no way. Like, I'm a vegetarian. You don't get it. Like, you don't understand. Right, right. <laughs> it was very, there had to be, like, this boundary and this line and, like, there's nothing like it as as it was with vegetarianism and veganism. Like, I, I've been paleo, and, like, even still then, even when I was, you know, quote, strict, it still wasn't the same as vegetarian. There's, like, there's a big difference, in my opinion, with most diets. Like, you know, you have, like, Weight Watchers, and you have the Zone Diet, and you have paleo and South Beach and Atkins and all this stuff. But, like, for some reason, and in my personal opinion, there's something different about being a vegan. It's, like... The other ones I think can be massaged a little bit, like when you're really feeling it. But like when I was a vegan at least, or when I was vegetarian, there was no like compromising and they had to have those lines. And it's like, if I have meat once, then I am no longer able to call myself a vegetarian. Exactly, exactly. So there's so much pressure there and it's true. I've, I actually haven't thought about it that way, but there's a lot of other restrictive diets out there like paleo that can be massaged a little bit and on the special occasion you can you can have a little bit of someone's birthday cake and not go go home and cry and say oh no I'm not I'm no longer paleo anymore what have I done it's veganism is is yeah it's not like that if you eat anything that doesn't fall under the category of vegan then you're yeah you feel you feel like you've done something wrong and that you're lying and especially in a public way so I was such a public vegan figure that there was no way I would have put anything into my mouth that wasn't vegan because I would feel like such a liar and there were so many times that I felt like I maybe wanted to try eggs and I was kind of planning on doing it and I would even make them sometimes and then throw them away because I was so afraid of eating them and I was so afraid of the guilt and also afraid of how my body would react after not having them for so long and of course it became an ethical thing too and when you're in that world and you're immersed in it and you're researching it and you're surrounding yourself with people who are eating that way too, you truly believe that eating something that isn't vegan 
is really harmful for your body. So I felt like if I if I have this bite of eggs right now, what am I doing to myself? This is horrible. Why would I ever do that? I I can eat this ethical, humane diet that's the best way for me to be healthy. It's the best for the environment. It's the best for the animals. Why would I ever not? And I was very stuck in that to the point where I was ignoring my body and I was getting really sick. So it's that catch-22, like what's what's important to you? And I've gotten a lot of flack from the vegan community for no longer being vegan. And I've been called everything from a hypocrite to a murderer and been told that I don't deserve to live because I'm, I'm eating um, animals that have been living. And of course it hurts to hear that kind of stuff, but it also to me just sounds so entirely ridiculous because how can you not commend someone for listening to their own body and doing something that they know that they need to do for health reasons. And I just don't understand judging someone whose body you're not inside of, you know, nobody knows what's going on inside of you emotionally and physically and also spiritually. So it's, it's very difficult to, to say that there's one way that everyone should eat, even if it, it is ethical. And it's been hard because I also feel like I I have gotten a lot of flack from the vegan community for no longer being vegan, but it seems so silly to me that I'm the person that they're attacking when I still have the same values that I always had. And I do eat grass fed and I do make a really big effort with local and cage free. And I would, I would never eat something that had been in a slaughterhouse or that I don't eat fast food. I don't go to corporate chains. I'm very careful. And I've, I've been really open about that on the blog and very clear all along. So I just feel like to attack someone for the way that they're eating for the way that works for their body is just so cruel and really kind of ignorant because I just, I just, I think people don't want to see that everyone's body is entirely different and that if people are eating in a way that's different from them, I think it scares them because I think it makes people feel like, oh, well, maybe maybe that means I don't have to be so strict or maybe that means I can let up occasionally too. And I think that really terrifies people. That's really my opinion. And I get that because I was in that position as well where I was terrified by other people. I followed a lot of other healthy blogs and people on Instagram who I admire, who are very healthy, who are very fit and who have great confidence in their bodies and they're beautiful. And these people, they would post photos of a chicken salad or something. And I would, I would sit there and be horrified and think, how are they healthy? And they're eating chicken. What's going on here? Like, what am I doing wrong? And it really makes you second guess a lot of things. So I think that a lot of people who have expressed a lot of anger toward me are actually just projecting the way that they feel on the inside. Because I think it's hard to see when someone's doing something different from what you're doing, because it does make you question your own diet if you're not completely satisfied with it. And that's where I was. I wasn't completely satisfied with it, even though I didn't know that. But I, I, I knew that there was a problem and I knew that I was getting extremely obsessive and that there were things that I could do in order to, to not be so obsessive anymore, but I wasn't willing to do that. So 
even though I realized a year into my veganism that I was spiraling down a bad path, I continued it for another eight months. And that's when my health problems really began to spur. And that's when my eating disorder really took hold. And that, yeah, that, that was definitely all the hardest part was then just acknowledging that there was a problem that I needed to fix. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of your followers didn't really respect the reason why you started veganism in the first place. Like you started it because you were trying to get healthy, you were trying to feel good. And a lot of them just put so much like, it's just crazy to me how quickly people put their like, I don't know what the right word is, I wouldn't say like, trust or, or faith, but they just like rely on people they don't even know because of the pictures they saw on Instagram from them. And like the people hold you to this like crazy standard to be like not even human and like not to listen to your human body. And you started this whole thing so that you could feel healthy and no one gives, no one, no, no one gives a crap. You know, like they don't care why you started as long as you're vegan now and you stay vegan forever. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so ridiculous to me. And they, they create these consequences in their head, like, just the same way we create consequences in our head. Like, if I don't work out today, this is going to happen. You know, I, if I don't work out today, I'm going to get fat. Or if I eat right. these eggs, I'm going to, like, feel terrible and not be able to call myself a vegan, disappoint followers, X, Y, and Z. And it's, like, these people that are, like, looking at your Instagram and your blog are, like, putting all of their trust in you when you are human and like you're trying to find your own way and like for god's sake you're like 23 years old so it's like right right absolutely yeah it's just it's just silly to believe that you can't change just because you've you've labeled yourself one way which now i think why label yourself at all just just follow your heart and do what makes you feel good and do what makes you feel healthy and um i mean i'm yeah that's that's my new motto for sure. But it's, it's so true. It's, it's crazy. The judgment that's out there and the fact that people think that changing your mind is such a horrible thing and something to be so looked down upon because I think it's beautiful to listen to your body and to give it what it needs. And it took me so long to see that. And I can only hope that putting the word out there will help other people realize it sooner if they're in the same position. Yeah, I'm, I I just, I know so many people need to hear this message and so many people need to know about like what you're going through and what you're doing now. And like you're changing your shirts to balanced and like you're doing these eating disorder segments on your blog and like all of these really proactive things about it. And I'm sure it's been really strange to have like one audience and to like switch over to a completely different audience really and like change that. And um, your, I mean, your blog title, just like so much that you've gone through. And I guess my question for you is like, what, mo- like what, did you have an aha moment where you realized like, okay, I need to change. Was it happen? Did it happen over like a course of time or like, what was your thought process when you really decided that you needed to start eating, you know, outside of just a vegan diet? I had a couple of aha moments and it was all within a couple weeks of each other. So this was back in May, last May, and I was living in New York, and um, I I had lost my period for about eight months, and um, that was something that was really concerning to me, and I knew that that was my body's way of telling me that I was really lacking 
nutrients and that I was not in balance and that really scared me. So I was looking into different different things and different reasons why that might have happened, but I I was really wanting to believe that it didn't have anything to do with my diet and that it had to do with with other things. So I was talking to a friend of mine who who was raw vegan for many years and she's not anymore and she told me, you know, if you're not completely ethically opposed to trying some wild fish, you should really try a little bit of wild salmon. I know this great place you can go to and uh, you should go there and order it and see how it makes you feel. And I can guarantee you with your B12 levels going up, you will probably get your period back. And so I was terrified. And I remember leaving that conversation with her and calling my mom and saying, this is what Jamie recommended, what you think, I'm horrified. And my mom, my mom, who always was urging me kind of similar to you to, to incorporate more things into my diet so that my life was easier. And that so I had a wider range of nutrients. My mom was telling me, you have, you've got to do it, you have to do it, you'd be crazy not to. So even though I was really scared to try something that I hadn't eaten in two years and something that I felt very opposed to doing. I did it for the sake of health because I did get into veganism for health reasons to begin with. So of course my health was important to me, even if I had been shoving it off for a long time. So I ended up doing it. I ordered the fish. I was really, really afraid of it, of of trying it. And I almost chickened out, but I did it and I did it alone completely. I brought it back to my apartment my roommate was at work, and there was no way I was going to let anyone see me do this. It was probably the first meal I had eaten that I hadn't photographed for the blog or Instagram in two years, or more like just a year and a half, actually. And um, I got my period back two days later. So this was after months and months and months of, of not, and that was a huge wake-up call to me that my B12 levels were so low that that is what was going on and that just having a little bit of a jolt of B12 in my system could could start to regulate things again was huge to me. And so I decided that I needed to start eating fish more often and maybe think about incorporating eggs as well with the protein and the B12. But that at that point was when I realized how terrified I really was of adding other things back into my diet that were not vegan for many reasons. Uh, a huge reason being the blog. And I didn't know what was going to happen with the blog and my whole entire brand. And I had just left grad school for the blog. And I felt like, what am I doing if I'm moving away from veganism? I have a vegan blog. This is my career. I was I had a lot of anxieties about that. I also had anxieties about reincorporating foods into my diet um, and gaining weight because it was it was so easy to to keep weight off as a vegan that I didn't even have to think about it. And and of course there was the ethical reasons. So there were so many different things swimming through my head, and that's when I realized I had major anxieties about eating anything that wasn't plant based. And that's when I started to get an inkling that I might have developed some kind of eating disorder. And in the beginning, when I started thinking that, I was thinking, well, maybe I did, but whatever I developed is pretty mild because I'm I'm pretty healthy and I'm pretty aware of what's going on. So maybe maybe I've developed a minor eating disorder, but I would more call it food fears and anxieties. But once I started researching orthorexia, 
which is an eating disorder that's characterized by an obsession with eating foods that are completely healthy, clean, and pure, and a subsequent fear of eating anything that might be harmful to your body or that you believe might be harmful to your body for for any reason. Um, I started identifying more and more with orthorexia, which was really not a well-known term at all. And so I... Um, I started talking to some friends about it and realizing, okay, maybe maybe I should seek help for this. And when I started opening up to people about it, people who were close to me and cared about me were extremely relieved because they had seen the signs for a long time and they were kind of waiting for me to come around to it on my own. So changing my diet for me was actually what opened my eyes to the fact that I was suffering from an eating disorder that was pretty much taking over my life and I didn't even know it. So at that point I started seeing a therapist and nutritionist and I had many more little aha moments along the way, including um, a weekend that I was so afraid to eat solid food that I basically ruined my best friend's trip to New York because I was just so consumed with... um, juice cleansing and not wanting to really do anything else for fear of being in a situation where I was going to eat something that I was uncomfortable with. So that was really difficult because that's not who I am intrinsically. So it was really, really hard to see that, that I had hit that rock bottom point. And, um, from there I decided I really want to change So it was a combination of those things, wanting to get healthier and also wanting it to stop ruling my life in the way that it was and just wanting to be okay with who I am and let go of those major anxieties that I was having about the food and um, just the major fears that were stemming from being the blonde vegan and leading a group of vegans in a way. And then to touch on something else that you said about the new audience versus my previous audience, it's actually really nice because although I have gained a lot more people in my audience that are, of course, of a broader variety because I'm not just writing about veganism anymore, a lot of my audience has actually stuck with me and um, has been there all along because they understand The blog was always about my personality and was always about my lifestyle and veganism was a part of that. But I always, I always taught, I was very inclusive to all different kinds of diets. And I'm, I'm really happy that I always was because it made the transition a lot easier once, uh, once the transition actually took place. And I certainly did lose a lot of followers, but the people that I lost, I'm happy to have lost, to be honest. I mean, it was hard. It was really hard and really scary at first. But I don't, I don't want people. I don't want to surround myself with people who, who judge others simply for what they're putting into their bodies and um, judge others for listening to their own bodies and for trying to be healthy and for being honest and open. So I think that people who harbor that anger inside should go elsewhere and read other blogs, um, read be, read purely vegan blogs if that's what makes them happy because there's no point in them sticking around and trying to argue with me and trying to assert themselves in really negative ways. Uh, it's not helpful for anyone. So 
the transition was, was, yeah, it, it was hard. It was very hard, but it was so for the best in the end that I'm so grateful that everything happened the way it did. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really glad that you mentioned orthorexia because I feel like that is something that is all around us more and more every day. And that's definitely one of the lesser known things, even though I feel like it's one of the most prevalent because it's like, it doesn't matter what diet you follow. There are people that are orthorexic with that diet. Like being in Atkins or doing vegan or even like the, what I come from, the, the fitness and bodybuilding industry and like everyone there is obsessed with like, eating clean and mm-hmm. if it's not like I mean going to a restaurant like I have memories of going to restaurants on a date and being so 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 afraid of oil and of butter touching my chicken breast and like I was also worried because the chicken breast is generally packed in uh, like pre-packaged with sodium to keep it preserved and so I was like really scared about the sodium inside of the chicken breast and I was really scared how they were going to cook the chicken breast And, like, I had to make sure that the broccoli was steamed and not sautéed because if it was Mm sautéed, then, like, it's the end of the world. Right, right. It made dates so hard. Like, for my first show, I had a total of – I went out to a restaurant one time in five months. Uh, Yeah, so I went out one time in five months. I had chicken and broccoli. It took the waiter, like, three times coming back and forth just to check, like, sorry, we can't do chicken without sodium. What would you like? And I'm like, okay, well, I have a piece of fish. Um, make sure it doesn't touch in the butter or whatever, whatever they go away and they'd be like, okay, the only thing we have is trout that can't be, that doesn't have to be cooked in, um, salt and butter. So was that okay? And like, I got the trout and I got a side of lemons to like put lemon juice on and it was like the most boring thing ever. And the, the date ended up going like an hour later because so many, I had to ask right. so many questions and it was like, so getting in the way of my life. And there's this point where you think like to yourself, what do I want people to say about me at the end of my life? Do I want them to say that, you know, she was really good at eating clean? <laughs> yeah, know? Or do exactly. I want them to say like, you know, we had really good times and we went out for dinners and we went to like to to this show together and like she helped me through my divorce and like she helped me move, you know, like we need energy to help our friends do things. We need energy to laugh with our friends. We need energy to have periods and to have babies and like everything we need to do, we need to have energy for and energy. Sorry guys and gals, but that's calories. And like, yeah, that's entirely true. Exactly. It's, it's, that's what it comes down to. Like we need energy in our body and like our mindset is oftentimes what holds us back from putting that energy in our body. And it's, we create these like fears in our heads. Like if I do this, then this will happen. And where we create this, I don't know. It could start from, you know, Googling late at night, different diet theories, and then, you know, spending three hours into the evening still Googling these things and reading um, controversial articles about it and then trying to get down to the bottom, you know, like the internet, as amazing as it is, it really is a gateway to orthorexia is what I think like even Instagram and like going on Instagram and like you see these perfectly pure meals these 30 bananas a day people who eat like 30 bananas in one sitting or in one day and then you're like thinking to yourself like okay well that must be the new standard of clean eating and then you start to do this and then when you eat you know a piece of fish or something you you create these 
problems in your head. Like if I can't do this because this will happen. And you know, and like more specifically for me, a lot of times it is if I don't count calories or if I don't work out, then this will happen. And the crazy thing is nothing ever happens except you're freer. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be as concerned and you don't have to be as wrapped up and you can actually live your life. I mean, which is such a wonderful thing. And that's what I'm learning to do. And I know it's, it's, it's a hard road. It's not something that happens overnight. And I've now been trying to recover from my orthorexia for, I mean, I guess since the beginning of June. So it's been what, almost three, three and a half months maybe. And I'm just starting to see results of letting go and, um, beginning to live my life without being so freakishly obsessed with everything that you're talking about. And it's really, really nice, really nice. And I wouldn't wish that difficulty and anxiety on anyone of the horrible restaurant experiences. And I totally know exactly what you're talking about. And I would really, most of the time, just opt to not even get anything, which was even worse because then it's like people were uncomfortable to be around me at a restaurant because they're like, what is wrong with this girl? And is she judging me for what I'm eating? Because she won't even order anything on the menu. And I have never wanted to be that person and I'm not okay with being that person. So that was something that was important to me. And it's so true. I mean, it's so true what you're saying when you think of what's important, not even just what people say about you at the end of your life, but how people view you. Like, is she happy? Is she available to be there for me and and use that energy that you're talking about to to be a friend and to really live life and or is she she has this perfect body and she is really 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 good at um navigating menus at restaurants and uh, <laughs> not ordering anything no and i mean who's happy that does that no one no one and were you ever perfectly happy with your body when you were eating that way probably not and i wasn't either no, and and this is pretty profound, but like I was just thinking how like we 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 adopt these diets and we eat a certain way because we want to be a part of something. And 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 in fact, like the truth is we're actually the most lonely when we're doing this. It's like the whole reason why a lot of us start something is to to be in this group and to like you know, you see these people on Instagram that are vegan you're like wow like they have 150 likes and like everyone wants to be like them oh you flip the picture and you're like oh my god they're like so like thin and perfectly proportioned and like okay this is what I'm gonna do then you start you set out and do these things you start doing them and then like you're all alone and I know that's not everyone's experience but that was my experience that's when I could connect with people like less than I've ever connected in my whole life like before I started all of that fitness, leaning out stuff, I could connect with all different people on all different levels, carry on conversations, like my cognitive function was great and I was laughing and all this stuff and then I do this and then I can't go on dates, like I can't relate to anyone because it's all I think about. I'm worried all the time. Like people don't understand how much you can worry when you have a certain diet because you don't know where your next meal will be and it's like this really stupid problem and it's like so hard to explain but like it's horrible it is horrible definitely couldn't date anyone which was also unfortunate and 
too bad. I mean, I missed out on meeting a lot of people when I was living in New York for that reason. And I mean, I, I had a lot of friends and did a lot of things, but I remember my roommate talking to me, my roommate, who's my best friend from childhood, saying, you realize you're never going to be able to date anyone unless they are raw vegan and they do yoga for three hours a day, right? And you're not going to probably find someone like that anytime soon. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I wouldn't want to be with anyone who wasn't like that anyway, so whatever. And I was just totally wrapped up in that headspace. And I wasn't open to... Uh, to meeting anyone who ate in a different way than me. Um, I mean, when it came to dating and that's so silly now, like how boring would that be if I was dating someone who was, who was exactly the same as me. And then really you have no room to grow because you're both in that restrictive box. And I mean, I think that you should be with someone who has a lot of the same passions as you, but also that shouldn't be a make or break kind of thing. You shouldn't even have to worry about that or think about that. Did you ever try to did, like, did anyone like ask you on a date that happened to have all those qualities? Yeah. How was that? Um, well, oh, I, I mean, I dated people who didn't have those qualities. I mean, I, I went on dates. I briefly dated people who were not vegan when I was super strict, raw vegan. And it very, very much got in the way. It it was almost the only thing we talked about because they were so intrigued by how wrapped up I was in it. So they wanted to know all about it. And of course it was also, I was blogging about it and this was at the time where my blog was just getting really popular. So it was something that was really, really, really on my mind. And we would talk about it all the time and people loved to joke about it. They loved to be like, Oh, the blonde vegan, something like, you know, like vegan, vegan. That was, Every conversation I had with people was about my veganism because I was the I was the most extreme person in that way that I think anyone that I was hanging out with knew. And um, then again, there there it is again, just being the most prevalent thing in my life, which is not what I wanted it to be anymore. I didn't want my life to be about that. And yeah, and I had tons of anxieties and I, I didn't want to drink alcohol. And so I would avoid staying out late at night. And that's not me. I mean, I, I like to have fun and I really like to to be around people and go with the flow. And I lost my ability to go with the flow completely. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really hard when it came to dating people. And um, I mean, I really don't regret any of it because I learned so much from it. I don't think I missed out on meeting my soulmate or anything like that but I I now see that being more relaxed just helps in so many ways and makes it so much easier to have a good time with people and relate to people and get to know people on a true intimate level which is what I really love doing I think that's probably the most important thing in the world is connecting with other people and it is really, really isolating to be that way, just like you said. So I convinced myself that I liked it and that I was super independent and that's just what it took. And I was doing all these things with the blog and that I needed to be so independent in order to get all this done. But in reality, that was just me trying to say, oh, it's okay if I turn down all of my plans with my friends on the weekends because I don't want to be in these situations where I might have to eat or drink something that I don't want to eat or drink. And, uh, of course I wasn't very happy, but I was, I was desperately telling myself that that, that it was making me happy. And I was just, it was a very backwards way of thinking. 
Yeah, it's really confusing because you're not really sure if you're enjoying it or not. Like, you think you are because you're so good at telling yourself. Like, you're so good at putting these these beliefs in your head and creating these things on your own that you really don't know. And it's the same with, like, having orthorexia. You're kind of not sure because it's, like, up to you to decide, really. Ultimately, it's, like, you're deciding, okay, do I have a problem or do I not? Like, what am, am I actually making up this problem in my head and I'm actually okay and I can just take a little bit of a step back? But then, like, before you know it, you know, you're, you're only drinking juice. And, like, then you're like, yeah. okay, I think I do. Um, exactly. It's really awesome, though, that you're three months in in this recovery and you're so open about it and you're so, I mean, it seems like you already have a good grasp on, you know, the. I mean, you have a great grasp on the direction you want to be going, but, like, you, you seem to have your priorities really straight. And I guess I want to know, like, for someone that's going through a transition like this, um, what's like one really important tip you would give them as they transition out of whatever kind of disordered eating they have? Well, I think that being open and honest with yourself about it is huge because acknowledging it is one thing, but being comfortable with just saying, yeah, that's something that I'm dealing with and that's something that I have to deal with every single day is very huge because it's really easy to get discouraged and you can be moving down a good path for for hours or for days or for weeks, however long it may be, and you'll feel really good about it. And then if you slip up, you feel like you've ruined everything and why would you continue? And I think a lot of people who develop eating disorders have this all or nothing type of personality. And I know I definitely do. So I feel like, oh, I'm doing so great. I'm on the road to recovery. I haven't had any slip ups in 10 days. I feel so awesome. And then I totally slip up, I deprive myself all day, or I do something like that, um, or I decide to do a one-day juice cleanse or whatever I do. And then I feel like, all right, well, I'm not in recovery anymore. Why would I Why would I continue? Why don't I actually go back to the way I was before? Because that was really comfortable, and I did that for two years, and I'm good at it. And I think that that's a really bad way to look at it because it's not an all or nothing process and it's not going to be smooth sailing especially in the beginning it's going to be really hard and there are going to be slip ups and you have to you have to trust yourself enough and love yourself enough to know that you will get back on track and if you don't trust yourself then you're really not giving yourself the chance to to get back on track ever. And that was my problem for a long time was I just didn't trust myself. So I, 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 I felt like I had to have all those restrictions and all of that control. Cause if I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. And now I'm just learning to trust myself and actually give my, give my body what it needs without overdoing it or without underdoing it. And kind of just see where that takes me. And it's hard. It's something that takes a really, really long time to learn. And so I would just say don't get discouraged, especially in the beginning, because it's a it's a really long road and you're not alone. And so many people have been there and they understand. And talking helps. Talking it out with with specialists and also with friends and family and just being open about it and not being ashamed about it because there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's it's not something that you plan on happening. And uh, a lot of people who are very extreme are very susceptible to that kind of thing. And, and there's really nothing 
wrong with that is as long as you can begin to get out of it. So, yeah, it's hard. And you just have to know that and you have to be okay with that. Yeah, I think you really nailed it with self-trust because we're – we are living in a culture of extremes. Like everyone wants to be the best at something and it's always all or nothing. And we're, we're, we're being raised on these phrases like all or nothing or like, you know, 100%, you know, whatever that one is, is like 100 or go home, do it or go home. I can't even think of it right now. Um, go big or go home. <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. Like I can think of that any other time except for, of course, right now when I'm trying to say Right. Um, but stuff like that. And it's kind of like we're not – allowed to you know it always needs to be 100% of everything like there is no moderation when it comes to performance and when it comes to to things like diet because you need to be all or nothing and that's where I think we forget how to trust our bodies and trust ourselves and like we don't we only know 100% and then once we go overboard and we realize we're in a bad spot we have no idea what to do because we had, we did what we were supposed to do. We went on hundred percent. And like, how did we end up in this bad place when everyone else seems to be doing just fine? And that's when you're like, okay, I have to be mature and realize that what I'm doing is not healthy for my body and I need to trust myself. And yeah, it's not easy at all. It is not an easy process. Like I'm about, I'm about 11 months in from, from the, the day that I decided enough was enough and I'm still struggling, but every single day I realize that I, I, I can actually feel the change, which is unbelievable. And things like trusting yourself and getting off of Instagram and getting off the articles and, uh, kind of blocking out nutritional, uh, advice for a while and kind of just listening to yourself and focusing on, on on what you're putting in your body rather than what they're putting in their body and like just eating in a way that makes you feel energized and um yeah so I I really think you hit it with that one and I know you gotta run so my last question for you is one that I ask all my guests um if you could could give one person advice to strengthen their mind body connection what would you tell them Hmm. Well, something that I do that I mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation is yoga. I'm a big yogi and a big advocate of yoga for mind-body awareness and strengthening that connection. And one thing that you can do that's just simple and you don't need you don't need any guidance, you don't need to go into class for this is just meditate for 5 minutes every morning when you wake up or for 5 minutes before you go to bed at night and meditation means turning off your phone no music no fidgeting no looking around or thinking about what you're going to have for dinner or what you're going to have for breakfast or anything and I know that's easier said than done but focus on your breath sit straight up with good posture and your hands raised to the sky and just meditate and reflect and it's it is okay to think and you are going to go into your head and connecting that breath work is really really good connecting your breath with your body and just focusing on breathing that's huge and then if you want to take it into a physical way the physical practice of yoga is great for strengthening mind body awareness and um without it I don't think that I would have 
a big connection there at all. But I've been doing it since I was 14. And that is where all of the connection between my mind and my body come from. And it gives me a lot of strength, both physically and emotionally. And I know everybody has their things, but I think that that's a great thing to try if if you're looking to strengthen that connection. Yes, definitely. I totally agree on that one. I've gone through stages where I had to get kind of uh, force myself to do yoga and get kind of serious about it because that's not my first choice and it's really hard for me to slow down. And I often think that the people who have a hard time slowing down and meditating are the people that need it the most. So absolutely. Yeah, definitely really good advice. And um, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I just feel like you have this really awesome mission ahead of you and I'm, I'm just really, really glad that you came on and sh- shared this message. You have an amazing, healthy glow to you. And it's just really inspiring to talk to people who, who are so open about this stuff, especially when it's only like three months in of making this huge change. And um, I know so many people are probably being helped along their own journey because they're watching you. And it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of bravery to do something like that, especially when you're only 23 and you're getting told that you're a murderer. Like it's not an easy (laughs) thing at all. And it takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And I had so much fun talking to you. Um, Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to come back anytime. Of course. Yeah. We'll definitely want to have you on again. So everyone go check her out on the balanced blonde and I'll be sure to put the links in the show notes and Um, I guess I'll talk to you later, Jordan. Okay, sounds good. Have a great night, Madeline. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com where you can also sign up for my free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again, 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self-esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.